0: Just raise your hand and say, Father, everything is mine. We're not trying to get anything. We're not trying to ask you for anything. We're just receiving everything you have already given us. Whatever you need, it's yours. He's not withholding it. He's not teasing you. He's not trying to teach you anything. It's time to receive whatever you need. It has to become so real in your life that whatever you need, whatever it is, He is the answer. He told Moses, I am that I am. I am your healer. I am your savior. I am your provider. I am everything you need me to be. So whatever it is that you need this morning, he is. Whatever it is that you need, he is the, the need that you, actually you need nothing. You already have it. you already have everything thank you just receive it say father god we receive whatever you need healing peace see this is personal i always told you guys faith is personal whatever you need just take it thank you father god Say thank you, Jesus. When you say thank you, that's an acknowledgement that you have it. Right? If I give you something, what are you going to say? Thank you, right? So he has given everything we need. So what do we say? Thank you. Say thank you, Jesus. I got it. Tell your neighbor, I don't know about you, but I, I got mine. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I got mine. Amen. Welcome once again. Uh, how do you guys feel this morning? Bless? Amen. Alrighty, well, let's continue with the teaching of the word. Um, uh, we've been covering many different topics. Uh, the vo- voices, remember, we we don't. S- we, it's hard for us to walk away from that one. Voices is very important because you are voice activated. We all are. Mm-hmm. I told you to have a seat, and what did you do? Right? They told you stand to your feet, and you stand to your feet. Raise your hand, and you raise your hand. Why? Because God created us to respond to a voice. And I told you uh, there's two type of voices, right? The internal voice, the one you don't hear with your ears but speaks to your soul and constantly. As a matter of fact, that one, that internal voice, the, it's speaking to you 24-7. When you stop, you know, you can get busy doing things, but then you stop and then that voice comes back, right? Well, write this down. I have the choice, which voice to hear. It is up to me, which voice I'm going to pay attention to. It is up to me, which voice. Am I going to allow, this is a good phrase, am I going to allow it to program me? Because remember, voices are meant to program you, to program your way of thinking. And I think this has been the confusion in church. You know, we pray for you, you come to church, but then you, you don't stop paying attention to that voice that is programming you you're not going to make it. You're broke. You're no good. How are you going to get out of this one? I don't know what it tells you. I'm just randomly picking anything. But that voice that is constantly speaking to us, if we don't stop it, guess what's going to happen? It's going to program you. And the last one, I write this down. I don't do what I want to do. I only do what I'm programmed to do. And very easy to prove that one. Have you ever done something that you did not want to do? Yes or no? Why did you do it? If you didn't want to do it, why did you do it? See, those are truths that the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you. Because, you know, for years my wife and I have been praying for a lot of people, delivering people, doing this. And it's like, it's getting to a point like, okay, how is this going to work, right? Well, you don't do what you want to do. You only do what you're programmed to do. And here's, the, here's another one. How do we get programmed? By voices. And there's only two voices, the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. There's only two voices. There's only two programmers. you either an iPhone or you're an Android. There's only two programmers, only two sources of programming. Uh, you don't program yourself. That's why self-help and self-motivation it doesn't work. It only works for a little bit. You try to do good. I'm going to try to do good. And you just, you're, you're good for a month if you're really disciplined. But when you're not disciplined, why, what does it mean? You can't program yourself. So if you keep saying, I'm going to change, I'm gonna, you can't change within you. But this is how you change. You need to block out the, vo- the voice that tells you, not to change, and pay attention to the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. So in times like these, we have to know that there's a lot of voices out there. Do this, do that, don't do this. It's a lot of fear, voices, the news. Uh, you know, if you turn on the radio, you put the news on, your neighbor, you go to church, what did you guys sit down? What happened? And everybody's talking like as if, as if they're, they're not talking. It's the enemy talking through them. When you speak fear, it's not you speaking fear. Who is it? It's the enemy that program you to speak fear. And when you speak faith and when you say, hey, I don't care how it looks like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna believe God. What is that Who, who's speaking right there? That that means that you are that you have allowed the voice of God to program you to faith. Okay, let's get off that topic on today's topic. Two things, two more things. The voice of God programs programs me or us, however you're taking notes, the voice of God will always program you to believe the voice of god will always program you to believe the voice of the enemy will always program you to doubt and fear so that should give you an indication of which voice you are allowing to program you the voice of god will always program you to believe the voice of the enemy will always program you to fear and doubt. So those are those, th- those are the keys that you need to ask yourself, wait a minute, why am I afraid? Why am I fearing this? Oh, what have you been hearing? Nothing. I was just home cleaning, you know. I was cleaning my room. Nothing, 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 Pastor, nothing. And then you get all dignified. Nothing, I'm sorry, nothing. Yeah, you could be cleaning your room and still hearing that voice. Did you know that? You could be laying in your bed, and that voice keeps talking to you. You have to stop it. If it's programming you to fear, it's not the voice of God. Somebody asked me other day, how do I know it's the voice of God or the voice of the enemy? Okay, is that voice programming you to fear and doubt? Then guess what? It's not God's voice. Now, if that voice, those thoughts that you're thinking are Creating faith in you, and and you know, you're you're feeling strong, and your fear is leaving, your depression's leaving, your anxiety is going away. Keep listening to that voice because that's the voice of God. It's very simple. Oh, pray for me. I'll pray for you. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone right now. See, but I could pray for you for five minutes, that's a long time, but 20 minutes, and then you go home, and you start hearing. Nah, it's not true. Some of you are listening to the voice of the devil right now. Oh, it's not true what he's saying. hmm Okay, so that's voices. And then we went on to the exchange, remember? The great exchange that when Jesus died on the cross, he took your place, he took my place. The great exchange was Jesus dying on the cross. For you, Jesus becoming sin for us. Second Corinthians 5.21, it says that he became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Remember? And then uh, he became a curse. Galatians 3.13, he became a curse so that we could be free from the curse. He redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. And that was the great exchange. Jesus didn't, I mean, he was not craving to go sinning and trying to be a sinner. No, he was made sin for you and I so that you and I could become righteous, right standing. So that when God looks at you, it says, you're all right. You're like, no, I'm not. And God says, write this down. Always believe what God says about you. Always believe what God says about you. Not what you think about you. Not how you feel about you. Not what people says about you. Not what your mama says about you. Not what your husband thinks of you. Not what your wife thinks about you. Not what your parents think about you. Always believe what God says regarding you. Always believe, always. I mean, you. if you have to force yourself to believe it, just believe it. And In order for you to understand that, in order for you to believe that, you have to know what the great exchange is, meaning that God no longer looks at you. He looks at Christ. I'm going to give you one so you won't sleep tonight. In order for God to be mad at you, he has to be mad at Jesus first. (sighs) Now you're not going to sleep. I'm going to keep you up all night. In order for God to be disappointed, at you, he has to be disappointed at Jesus. See, but you've been putting yourself in front of Jesus, and God says, no, 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 I need Jesus. It is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Amen? I'm building up for today's topic. Don't think that we don't have a topic for today. We do. We do. (laughs) So we went through the great exchange, meaning that you have to know that he took your place and God looks at him. He's not looking at you. your neighbor, this is not about you. It's all about him. See, and this is another mistake that I made. I'm telling you the mistakes I made growing up in church like you guys, okay? I heard all these teachings, but then I took it upon myself to be, okay, so now it's me. No. It is Christ in me, the only chance I have. Get it? So here we go. So we got the great exchange. He took your place. And you oh, here's another thing, another mistake that I used to make. Don't write this down because you already know this one and you know it, and the devil will the devil will always bring this one up through preachers. Oh, God speaks through voices, right? through the voice of a preacher like me right now, and the enemy can also speak through the voice of a preacher. Here's one. Don't write this down. Don't write this one down, but you heard this one. We're nothing without Christ. You heard that one? We're nothing without Christ. Amen? And you guys don't say amen because you're faith now. We're nothing without Christ. I just want you guys to remember that he said, you're nothing without me. You're nothing. That's John fifteen seven says, without me, you can't do a thing, right? And that is true. It's true. Jesus did say that. Without me, you are nothing. Okay, how many hats you put on. Without me, you're nothing. Hi. Without me, you are nothing, right? Well, watch this. If you just stay there. You're nothing. And the devil has used preachers. Let me see. He used me once. Maybe 20 years ago, he used me. I repent. <laughs> see, because they want It's true that without Christ, we're nothing. It's true that without him, we can't do anything. It's true. That is true. But guess what? We're not without him. But with him, we can do everything. And today's subject is going to talk about time. It is time to receive. Time to receive. It is time well, time to receive. What time it is? What time? What time you got? What time? Oh, it's 10-11, Pastor. You missed the top, the topic. What time is it? See? Okay, that's it. Introduction's over. I'm going to preach. Here we go. Ecclesiastics 3. So you got you got the introduction, right? Now, We're constantly going to go through this. You have to learn. This is like a, who did not like math in school? Okay. Well, this is a math class for you. (laughs) See, because if I tell you, PE, oh, yeah, we all love it. Art, oh, yes, I like to do the volcano. And well, who hated English composition or writing nobody well this is an english class for you see church is not just coming to church church is a place where you come to learn to learn what not how to behave that was the biggest mistake they told you because you could behave for an hour you know properly behaving for an hour no church has nothing to do with how do you behave Church has everything to do. What are you learning? Because once you learn, then you're going to be able to live your life, not as an act, but as a lifestyle. So this is your math class for you guys, and you're going to learn it. So uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, underline the next phrase, A time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is what? A season. We're right now, we're in the Christmas season, right? The holidays. And then we're going to go into winter. We're already in winter. I don't know. Fall? We're still fall? Okay. You're still falling? Get up. Don't fall too much. We're in fall and then we go to winter. What's the next one? Spring or? Seasons, right? Times. A season is a block of time, a sliver of time, a measurement of time, you know, like a decade. What's a decade? Ten years, right? It's a block of ten years, a decade. A century? A hundred years, right? So it says... To everything, there is a season or there is a time to everything, right? And a time for every purpose under heaven. God is letting you know here that you need to know what time is it or what time are you living? There was no iPhone 100 years ago, right? Nobody had an iPhone. Everybody had a home line or a a rotary phone. Who remembers those, you put a diamond. Well, you guys don't know what that is. Well, that was another time, right? And if you go back 500 years, like I said on Facebook this morning, if you go back uh, 500 years, nobody had an iPhone. Imagine, no Instagram, (laughs) you crazy. I'll go crazy all day. No vehicles 500 years ago. There was no vehicles to drive. Here's another one. No AC, no air conditioning, no heater. No Sam's Club. Why? Why not? Because it was a different time. There was no airplanes 500 years ago. Why not? I don't know, because they didn't make airplanes. Did you know that airplanes could have fly during Jesus' time? Did you know that? Airplanes, you know those things that fly and they could have flown 2,000 years ago. Nothing has changed. The clouds didn't get lighter. The atmosphere didn't get a little bit easier to travel. Just different times. Ready? Follow me. So if if there's a season for everything, then we need to know what season are we in as the church, as a church, as a Christian. What season are we in? Well, remember that, I told you that without Jesus, you're nothing. And every time they say it, they emphasize that nothing. Without Jesus, you're nothing. Just remember. Remember, without Jesus, you're nothing. Oh, okay. See, but the part that you don't know is that we're in a season where, yes, without him, we're nothing. But guess what? It just so happens that now he is in me. And now that he is in me, I can do all things. so one of the one of the things there's many things that i can hit on but let me let me just let's go by step one of the things that we have left behind on two thousand years ago remember jesus became sin at the cross right he was not poor he became poor at the cross right he became a curse at the cross so he was not poor when he was walking the streets of jerusalem he was not poor he had a treasury do you guys have a treasury Raise your hand if you have a treasure, if you have someone that holds all your money, raise your hand. nobody has a treasure your wife? oh okay. all you married people raise your hand <laughs> See he's a wise man. <laughs> so Jesus became poor. he was not poor he he has so much money that Judas was tempted to steal and to steal. And they didn't know if you have $2.50 on your little bag, and I take a dollar $2 out, and there's only 50 cents rattling in the two quarters rattling in your purse, you're going to know that somebody took $2, right? But if you have that purse full of dollars and full of 20s, and somebody goes and takes 120. Are you going to notice? No, right? Well, I mean, this is not the topic of today, but, yeah, it is time. Jesus was not poor. He became poor at the cross. He became part of the curse for you. He became poor for us. He became sin for us, right, at the cross. Now, today's topic is it's time to receive. Here it is. Christians, including myself, wait. I wasted a lot of time, but you guys, some of you guys are still doing it. This is not the time to ask God for anything. Focus really good because I'm going to get some hate mail. This is not the time to be asking. There was a time to ask. Don't look at me with that loud voice. I know you work at Sam's, but it doesn't make a difference to me. See, they... Kept us years back on the time of asking and asking and asking. And God is like, why do you keep asking me for something that I already gave you? Mm, Let me go over here. It's like someone that doesn't know Jesus is waiting for Jesus to die on the cross so they could be saved. What would you tell that person? Hmm? What would you tell that person? Oh, no, when Jesus died, I'm waiting for Jesus to die on the cross so that I can give my life to Jesus and be born again. What would you say to that person? Hmm? Uh, you are in a different time zone. You are living 3,000 years ago in your head. You are 20, 2020, but in your head, you are... 2,000 years way back here. Why? Because in your head, you don't know that he already died for you 2,000 years ago. Really? You don't know that he already forgave you. Really? You don't know that he already became sin for you. Really? You don't know that he became poor for you. Really? You don't know that he became a curse for you. Really? They didn't tell you that? Uh, When did this happen? What are you going to tell this person? I'm not talking about you because you guys, your faces are like, this is not about you. This is about the people that don't know Jesus. okay. See the church made this big mistake of let's go get them that don't know Jesus. No, let's get us that know Jesus. Don't worry about them so much. There's plenty of people to evangelize within the church. You need to go to Africa and the. Did you know the people from Africa are sending missionaries to America? You guys didn't know that? Yeah, <laughs> people from Africa look at America. America is going to hell. And they send missionaries to America. It was a time when America used to send missionaries. Now, I was in Morocco, and they were sending, oh, yeah, I'm going to America. I go, for what? I'm going to go preach the gospel to America. And I was like, really? Yeah, Nigeria. Yeah, I was in Nigeria, too. And they're like, oh, I'm going over there. I mean, we sent uh, Julio tonight to Lagos. No, where would you guys go? Uganda. And they told him, hey. We're going to go over there to Bakersfield and preach to you guys. And Julio was, okay. (laughs) They tell Julio, you need Jesus. (laughs) So what is going on? We don't even know the times and the seasons that we're living. We're thinking that God is going to do something when he said, I already did everything. At the cross, he said, it is finished. So watch this. Write this down. Everything I'm asking God for, he already provided it. Everything. See, it took me 20 years to talk this way, and now you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. Maybe I should go back 20 years. Hang in there. We're having a vigil tomorrow. We're going to the mountains. Who wants to go? What are you going to do? We're going to look for the presence of God. Have you heard that phrase? We have to seek his face. He's right in you. He lives in you. And the Holy Ghost tells you, where are you going this Saturday? We're going to go up in the mountain and we're going to look for you. And the Holy Ghost says, I'm here. (laughs) See, not knowing the times and the seasons, the enemy will keep you reaching for something that you already have. And that gets very frustrated. Trying to, it's like trying to be something you already, it's like me trying to be, like me trying to, I'm trying to preach this morning. I'm trying to get to church. Like in my mind, I'm driving down, where where am I? Allen? Yeah. No, I'm already here. The enemy will keep you. Uh, should i phrase this so that you guys would get it maybe in tongues you get it right here it is you already have everything you need <laughs> go to mark 11 24 i have to I have to use the bible because you were programmed wrong you're not that Ugly, well, you are ugly, but you imagine ugly and program ugly, that's double whammy, right? I mean, you can be beautiful and program ugly, then you just a beautiful, ugly you. <laughs> Mark 11, 24, I want you guys to pay attention to the wording of how God speaks. God will never speak to you like I will do something for you. No, God speaks to you in the now. You are forgiven now. Imagine if God was waiting for you to be forgiven. You'd be like, hmm, let me see. This is Jesus talking, right? Mark eleven twenty-four. 24. Therefore, I say to you. Tell your neighbor, he's talking to you. You. Therefore, I say to you. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you received them and you will have them. Do you have the King James Version up there? Believe that you received them. Notice it doesn't say, believe that God is going to answer you. Believe that God is going to do it for you. Believe that someday God will look your way and say, oh, I forgot about you, but guess what? And people have taken it to the point of God's never late. Right? Have you heard that phrase? All those phrases are totally anti-biblical. God's never late. Just hang in there. Uh, God says, no, you're late. to believe. It's like telling someone in the world that doesn't want to come to Christ, don't worry, God's never late. Okay, then I'll keep being the devil. And God says, no, 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 no. I already, in other words, God says, I'm already here. Where are you? It says, look how the, it says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and I don't even want to get into that, It were anything, maybe next week. Let's just keep it to how to get anything. How do I get anything? What? That's another topic. If you believe that you received it, you see that? Religion will always keep you on the, you almost got it. You're almost there. Religion is dangerous because it creates this rat race of uh, you're there, I'm here, you're there, and we're all running towards something, and she's closer than that, and you're almost there, and then if I trip you, then I get ahead of you, or if you fall and make a mistake, you go to the end of the line, and now you have a long way to go, and everybody's in front of you because you never got it. That's why people feel terrible when they make a mistake and they don't want to come to church, especially men and ladies too. I'm busy today. I'm going to work this weekend. And the wife's come. And Where is your husband? He's working on his character? or No, he's working in the garage. Okay, he needs to work on his character. Okay. It says right here that in order for us to receive anything, it's not praying 20 hours. It's not praying four hours. In order for us to receive anything, we have to adapt this mentality that I already have it. And that's going to take me two months for you guys to say, amen, pastor. But if I tell you, you're no good, you're messing up, repent. Oh, yeah, that's me. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And that's where the church stops. Well, let's pray. Uh, How are we going to (laughs) pray? Well, the Bible says to pray for anything. Yeah, but how? Uh, Just close your eyes. Father, let thy will be done. Uh, No. You already know his will. You already know what he wants from you. It's like me, uh, like Ivan saying, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus. I'm going to pray so that you can accept Jesus. But remember, let his will be done. Sometimes he forgives and sometimes he doesn't. Hmm? No, right? So it says, if you pray for anything, and if the IF is the biggest obstacle that you have to cross, if. If you believe that, you've, that you have received it, it will be yours. One person got it back there. Jump, brother. Jump. Jump. Take it. See, we have been trained in emotions. I'm just reading the word, word by word, and you, but if I scream and if I jump, which I'm good at, right? I can go crazy, but and then you're like oh yes i i'm showing you with the bible how to receive anything from god scream at least say ah santo <laughs> so here it is all this complaining conscious or subconsciously we complain or we're just like well God doesn't want me to have that. Who told you that? A voice told you that God doesn't want you to be healed. A voice told you that God doesn't want you to have that. Some voice, and there's only two voices, remember? Uh, He could have used your wife. He could have used the preacher. He could have used your friend. But he used somebody to tell you that God doesn't want you to have that. And you believe that, and you don't have it. It works both ways. I never get anything. Of course. Every time I wear a white blouse, I get spaghetti on my chest. How many times? Every time. And is that what you said? Let's go eat spaghetti. Watch. Watch. Everything works exactly how Jesus said it works. Everything. If you repent today, you are forgiven next month. No? When? You see how simple it is? But we have made it so eloquently and and, and you walk out of there, whatever. I don't know, but it was good. You don't know math. You don't know two times two. You don't know x to the power of ten. You don't know that. Uh, what did they put in x? Where's the five? The five became a y. Why? Why did they change the five to a y? Why? Why? Okay. Next, go back and learn two times two. And Christians have been in church, not wanting to learn. And I'm, I'm not, I don't get tired, but. I, I like to preach and scream and get emotional, but we need to know what's behind that emotion. If it says right there that we can pray for anything, anything, for anything, but if we believe that when we pray, we got it, it's ours. Yeah, but, uh, 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 but, but. Move your butt out of the way and believe. You see, I can give you guys jokes, oh, amen. But when I read word by word, nobody jumps. This is Jesus speaking. If you look at it in your Bible, it's in red. If it's red, I mean, it's red hot, it's, it's gonna burn the devil, so you need to read it. It's red. I tell you, says Jesus, you can pray about anything. And if you believe that you have received it, you got it. Nobody can take it away from you. It's yours. It belongs to you. I have given it to you 2,000 years ago. We're all... Okay, l- I'm going to make this personal because I want to offend anybody. That's another thing. Write this down. I refuse to get offended when it comes to faith church teachings. <laughs> Write it down because the devil will get you offended in a minute. Oh, some, You know what they say? Uh, I heard somebody saying, uh, uh, a lady told me that a fr- their watch is on YouTube now. Let us keep watching on YouTube. <laughs> How come your pastor said that? They want they catch a phrase that I say, that I explained for four weeks, and they catch a phrase like, God's not going to do anything for you. <gasps> I heard your pastor say that God's not going to do anything for you. And I turn it off. Did you watch the week before when he told us that everything is already done? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, then go watch that previous video when it says that it is finished. So God is not going to do anything else for us. He's done everything we ever going to need. Where was I? What's the last thing you put in your notes? Okay. Write that like in school, write that a hundred times. See, because that's a choice. And Jesus said, woe to those who get offended. Jesus was talking at a certain time, and he says, if you don't eat my flesh and you don't drink my blood, you have no part of me. <gasps> and the religious folks says, let's go. This guy is teaching cannibalism. Yeah. And it says that 2,000 people left. And Peter goes, <laughs> They're leaving. What are we going to do? Jesus goes, you want to leave too? (laughs) No. Imagine if I say something and 2,000 people leave. Jesus said, if you don't eat my flesh and you don't drink my blood. See, you and I now understand it because, oh, yeah, he was talking about No, no, no. But when he said it, there was no understanding to be had like, oh, yeah, that's Jesus. He's going to rise again in the third day. Oh, yeah, that's the son of God. No they said this guy is a fool. He was born out of wedlock. This guy is crazy. His mom was crazy. She got she got pregnant on Jericho when she went to the to the to the concert of the the three Hebrew the the three Hebrew in the Egyptian club. They were talking about Mary like she was this crazy crazy prostitute. And here comes the son of Mary saying, "If you don't eat my flesh, And if you don't drink my blood, (sighs) read it. It's in John chapter 6 when you get home. Uh, John chapter 6, read it. See, they don't want to read that part of Jesus. They don't want to read the part of, I want to be more like Jesus. Have you heard people saying that we need to be more like Jesus? When was the last time you cast the devil out? Say amen. I want to be more like Jesus. When was the last time you rebuked the devil? See, they pick and choose the part of Jesus they like, the part that accommodates with their flesh and their sensitive, touchy, demonic self. That's another one they're going to throw me at you. If you come to faith church, you get ready for that, right? I want to be more like Jesus. Okay, let's go cast the devil out. (gasps) Devil? Would Jesus cast devils out? Well... We don't want that part of Jesus. Of course not, because you'll be the first one that needs to be delivered. Jesus is going to say, come here, get your bag. (laughs) See, they don't want to talk about that. And there's a lot of things in church that they don't want to talk about it. Why? Because the church became this politically correct, nice people, sick people, depressed people, confused people, going to hell people, sitting in church. Yes, not because they're bad people. You can only go to hell for one reason, unbelief. And a lot of people in church don't believe. And that's the biggest sin. That's the only sin that Jesus cannot forgive you of, doubt and unbelief. And that's a spirit. Did you know that's a spirit? Doubt and unbelief? You guys don't know where that is? Might as well show you because I, well, the Holy Ghost wants you to know that because they're going to ask you after this YouTube Conversation. Go to Mark 16, 14, I think it is. Why? See, all your sins are forgiven, but if you allow doubt and unbelief, it will ruin your salvation. It will ruin your faith. It will ruin your eternal trip to heaven. It will ruin everything. Not because you're a bad person, because you don't believe. We're gonna find out where Jesus rebuked that out of the disciples. This guy, these guys were with Jesus for three, year, three and a half years, and maybe longer. Maybe they play softball together. I don't know. Uh, Sixteen fourteen. See, everything is in the Bible, and the reason I want to show you this is because I don't want you to grow up. Thinking that God's not going to bless you when he already did. And we're not even there yet. Here we go. <laughs> but see, I have to clear this out because if I don't clear, it's like when you're going to plant some flowers, right? And there's a bunch of weeds and rocks. And do you just get the little flowers from, from Home Depot? And honey, put these flowers out there. And he just puts them in the dirt. No, you have to till the ground. You have to clean it, right? That's what I'm doing right now. I'm cleaning the ground in your mind and the devil put all these things in you. Oh, what? A, how come he's saying that? Jesus said this. Ready? Uh, you have Mark 16, 14. So this is Jesus. Here's Jesus. After he rose from the dead. See, when, when Jesus went to the cross, doubt and unbelief, The spirit of doubt and unbelief came upon his followers because they said, oh, my God, he's dead. Oh, my God, what happened? I thought he was the king. Oh, Lord, what happened? So fear and unbelief came upon them. And now Jesus rises from the dead. And here it is. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples. I'm reading the New Living Translation, so I have to be careful. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But I think it's going to work on this one. And still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been uh, raised from the dead. Go to the King James, see what it says. So here is Jesus. He shows up, they're eating, and the first thing he does, "Hey, how you doing? I'm back." Watch, this is a powerful teaching right here. Write this down. I cannot receive anything when I doubt, when I doubt with when I when I choose not to believe. Later, he appeared to the 12, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. He did what? He prayed for them? He hugged them? He says, hey, I'm back. I I know you guys didn't believe. There's a reason why they didn't believe. There's a reason why they ran. There's a reason why they were afraid. They allowed fear, and unbelief. And that created what? A hard heart, an evil heart. And here we are praying for people, hugging people, welcoming people, and not rebuking their hardness of heart and unbelief. How many people have you dealt under those circumstances? I'm tired of dealing with those people. Why don't we just rebuke the unbelief? Oh, no, you don't understand, Pastor. I really love God. I know you really love God. But you are full of doubt and unbelief. Write this down. This phrase is powerful. It's not lack of faith. It's just too much unbelief. It's not lack of faith. It's just too much unbelief and hardness of heart. Abraham had faith. But here's the key. You and Abraham have the same f- amount of faith. The difference between Abraham and you is that he had less unbelief. And you have a lot of unbelief. So do you want to be more like Jesus? When was the last time you rebuked unbelief and hardness of heart from, the, from people? Oh, Jesus hugged everybody. Of course he hugged everybody. But he also rebuked devils, he also cast out devils, he also rebuked unbelief and hardness of heart. That's the first thing he did when he came out of the grave and he met the disciples. Why was why why what was the reason they fell into this state of hardness of heart and unbelief? Here it comes. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he has he had risen. Meaning, the message came, he's alive, and they refused to believe him. When you do that, then unbelief gets a hold of you and your heart becomes hardened. Here it goes. You already healed. No, I'm not. It still hurts, man. Okay, you are allowing doubt and unbelief to get a hold of you. Amen. So I want to clear that up because there's many things that, yeah, of course you want to be like Jesus, but when was the last time you cast the devil out? Ask any pastor, ask any person that you love, oh, this lady's so much like Jesus. Why, is she casting devils out? No, 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 she just gives me cookies and, you know. When was the last time that she rebuked your unbelief? The first thing Jesus will do to us when we come to him he's going to say, you need to get rid of one thing, unbelief. Because if you don't get rid of that thing, even though I die for you, even though I bless you, even though I became a curse for you, if you refuse to believe. So it's not lack of faith, it's just it's too much unbelief. You ask me, raise your hand if you believe that Jesus can do anything and he loves you. Raise your hand. Okay. We all believe. Now, depending on the level of unbelief, Your heart is either hardened or you believe. But you ask anybody, oh, no, I believe in Jesus, man. Amen. But how much unbelief do you have? And we need to deal, that's another topic. We need to get rid of unbelief. The best thing you can do is get rid of unbelief. Because if you don't get rid of unbelief, your heart will stay hard. and And there's people in church that are actually hurt with God. How come my mom died? How come my brother died? How come I never get answers? How come I this? And they, they have become hard with God. And God says, I can't deal with you like that. You have to get rid of. And Jesus rebuked their unbelief because they were the disciples. Imagine, these guys were going to go preach. If you continue reading, he goes, now continue reading. Let's, let's read a little bit more. And he said to them, now that I rebuke fear and unbelief, Now you need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Write this down. I cannot speak the word with unless I get rid of my unbelief. And a lot of you in church, you guys want to quote scriptures. You guys want to say this and that. But first, you need to get rid of your unbelief. So Jesus rebukes their unbelief, and then he sends them out. That's why people are looking at us. Uh, you say that God is with you, but man, you have you're full of fear. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I go to church at least uh, you might as well not go to church. He rebuked their, their unbelief, and then he sends them out. says, "Now that you are free of unbelief and that your faith is alive, now go and preach the gospel. Go and tell everyone who your healer is. Go tell everyone who your provider is. Go tell everyone who your Jesus is. Go tell everyone who healed you. Go tell everyone who forgave you. But if you have doubt and unbelief, you can't go preach. Say amen or oh me, something. Say something, you know. God, They probably put more comments on YouTube like, he's lying to you. He's lying. He doesn't know. And where are you? Home, hiding. Oh, okay. (laughs) I believe you. Full of fear and full of, they, they oh, it's wisdom. It's fear. It's fear. It's not wisdom. It's fear. So after he rebuked their unbelief, then he sends them out. You can't be sent out full of unbelief. You can't. You can't speak the word, which the preaching of the gospel is. You can't say, God is my provider. (sighs) How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? You can. You can't say, hey, he he forgives. I'm the righteousness of God. And then the devil comes and tells you, oh, no, you're not. I'm not? I'm not. Okay. You need to know who you are. You need to know what time it is. You need to know that he's done everything for you. And you need to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, you cannot go preaching. And it, uh, preaching is not just me. I preach behind the pulpit. But I also preach outside with how you act when you f- face adversities. Three things. Write this down. Three things that you know if you trust God. Three things that you know if you trust God. Three things that you know that, you, that tells you if you trust God. Three things. That's it. Three things. Ready? Death. One, death, That's a quick one, a short one. You have it up there. No. Death, sickness and finances. Oh don't talk about, he's going talk about money. You see, you don't trust God with money. Three things that let you know how much you trust God. Death, sickness and finances. That's it. Don't go any farther. Just ask people, you trust God with if you die? Uh, uh, the Bible says whether we live or whether we die, we belong to him, right? I'm not going to go into details. It's just a quick synopsis, right? Whether we live, whether we die, we go to heaven, right? What happens if you die? You go to heaven, right? How come you're so afraid of dying? People are acting like they're never going to die. Start living because you're going to die. <laughs> go get that burger. Go get that cheesecake. Go get that dress go get go cut your hair dye your hair purple if you want it because you're going to die so death if you are so fearful of death you don't trust god in that area there's three three areas that's it don't go into how much how many times you come to church don't worry about that if you're afraid of dying you need to work on that you have fear you need to you don't trust god because you're going to die eventually a hundred years from now I'm not going to be here. You're not going to be here. I mean, you can come 100 years from now. What if they tell us, we're not going to open the church till 50 years from now? You're going to say, oh, okay, I'll be there. Fear of dying, fear of death, you don't trust God 100%. What's the other one? Sickness. A lot of people think they trust God and sick by his tribes. You were healed. Yes or no? Okay. Yes, you're going to get sick, but there's healing in Jesus, right? We'll pray for you. You rebuke the sickness. Yes. Okay, don't worry about it. Huh? The other one, finances. Oh, I don't know. I tr- I got two out of three, Pastor. That's that's 70%. What is it? I got it. When it comes to finances, if you don't trust God, you just don't trust God. That's it. Those are the three areas that you know. That lets you know, because God already knows. Remember when He told Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter goes, I'm not going to deny you. I'm not afraid of dying for you. Jesus looks at him like, huh. so you're telling me that I'm lying. You're going to deny me three times. No, I will not. Right. The, he already knows. The reason you need to check those three areas is so that you know. He knows that you're afraid and it's okay. Just receive his love and allow that fear to go away. But don't go on thinking that nothing's wrong, right? That's a song from the 80s, isn't it? You can't go on. yeah. You can't go on saying, oh, nothing's wrong. No, no, no. Work on that fear. Work on it. Work on that fear of dying, sickness, and work on trusting God with your money. Work. If you don't, God already knows. God looks at you and says, look, it, you love me, but you don't trust me with your money. Oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. Peter, listen to me. Peter actually had an argument with Jesus. A heated argument. You're going to deny me? No! How dare you say that? And Jesus says, okay, I guess I don't know. So those three areas are for you to know how much you trust God. That's it. So I'm not going to argue about it. Don't just take it home and Listen to me, there's three areas that you know, you know, I mean, you don't know, God knows. God knows if you trust Him with your life. God knows if you trust Him with your money. God knows if you trust Him with your health. But you need to know, because He already knows. He already knows the reason you don't do certain things is because of fear. That's it, He knows. You can tell other people, well, I do that because you know. No, 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 God says, Peter, relax. Relax. I know that you say you're going to die for me, but tonight you're going to deny me three times. And Peter goes, never. You know what he was saying? Liar. Don't call God a liar. If you don't trust him, say, God, I don't trust you. I need you. How do I trust you? You need to reprogram yourself on trusting God with your life with your health and with your finances. That's it. He already knows. That's why people are frustrated in churches because I come to church. I do this. He knows that you don't trust him. All right. Let's go to the scriptures. Is it up there? Now let's go. What's the topic? Time to receive, right? Let's go to Ephesians. What do we have? What else do we have up there? Ephesians. One: What time is it? Did you have that phrase? What time it is? I need to know what time it is. What time What time is it? Oh, OK. What time is it? 10:56. What time is it? Good seller. What time is it? Oh, OK. Do you see how we are programmed in the natural. What time is it? 1051, 1056. It is time to receive. This is, and I said it, I'm going to clear it up. This is not the time to ask God for anything. This is the time to receive. Let's receive everything he gave already gave us, and then we ask for different things. Here we go. It's time to receive. Ephesians 1. This is Paul trying to teach this teaching, what I'm trying to teach you today to the church in Ephesus, to the Ephesians. Ephesians 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Bakersfield. Amen. One saint, two saints. The other one's, uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Next week, I'll be a saint. Does it count if I... If my team are the saints, no. To the saints who are in Bakersfield and faithful in Christ Jesus, continue. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is trying to convey the message to the Ephesians that that this is not the time to ask. This is the time to receive. Because he wants to move the Ephesians from the cross to after the cross. And here he goes. Next one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it comes. Who will bless us next year. Next year is going to be a great year. Why? Because God's going to be. And all the words of prophecy. Oh, that's another. I don't want to get into it. Let's say, Pastor, keep going. Keep going. Let's go. Who has blessed us. Not only has he blessed us, but he blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Not only has he blessed us, but he did it with every spiritual Blessing. And people, religious people say, see, it's talking about spiritual blessing. Write this down. Everything starts in the spiritual realm or world, however it works for you. Everything starts in the spiritual world or realm. So when it says right there that he blessed us with all spiritual blessing, it's not people say, well, you see, uh, spiritual, spiritual. No. It's saying that everything you need, it's already in the spiritual realm. Everything. Your healing, it's in the spiritual realm. Your righteousness is in the spiritual realm. Your, everything that you need, you have to reach into the unseen and pull it to the scene. That's what it's saying right there. Not only did he bless you, but he did include every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. Why? Because everything starts, originates, begins in the spiritual realm. You started in the spiritual realm. Go to Jeremiah 1 five. Are you guys learning something or are you guys just? So I don't want to see you out there, you know, running around with people. Don't get close to me. Relax. <laughs> Relax. You already bless. He already blessed us. So, whatever you're waiting for, I'm just waiting for God to bless me. You're never going to get it. Oh, I'm just waiting for Jesus to die on the cross so that I could be forgiven. You're never going to be forgiven. Why? Because you don't know the time that you're living in. You don't know this time in the season. Don't you know that He died 2,000 years ago? And you're already 2,000 years into the blessing? So, as, uh, Jeremiah 1 5 clearly tells us. Before, underline the word before, that's the key word of, this, of that passage. Because everybody knows, yeah, God bless. When did he knew you? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctify you. I ordain you a prophet to the nations. You know what that means? Oh, I want to go preach. No, a prophet is someone that speaks on God's behalf. So when it says that he ordained as a prophet to the nations, means that every nation needs to know how good the goodness of God in you. And you are the one that needs to prophesy and declare, I am the righteousness of God. Nations, listen to me. I am the righteousness of God in him. Nations, listen to me. I'm going to prophesy. I am righteous because he made me righteous. I am healed because he made me heal. I am blessed because he blessed me. I am delivered because he delivered me. I am walking in righteousness and in faith. I am free from fear because he freed me from fear. You need to say that. Why? Because before you were born, he did it for you. Go back to Ephesians 1, 4 now. Back to Ephesians. I'm not done with Ephesians. I should be done. Give me two more minutes. What time is it? I'm going to say, I keep asking what time it is, and you guys don't tell me. It's already 1 in the afternoon. So here it goes. He blessed us, right, before we were born. Well, that was for Jeremiah. No, no, no. Now in Christ Jesus, he makes it even better. Better? Is it good? Better? Somebody told me, no, pastor, it's more better. I go, no, it's not more better. It's better. (laughs) Here it goes. Now in Christ, what do we have? Just as he chose us in him, when? Oh, no. Let's go. I'm done. You guys don't get this. I'll go to 12 o'clock. Maybe they'll receive it. He chose us in him, when? Before you were born, before the foundation of the world. God says, you, come here. No, but I don't qualify. I know. That's why I'm choosing you. Come here. Because if I wait for you to qualify, you will never qualify. So let me choose you. So he chose us in Christ in the exchange, remember? In him, when Jesus died on the cross, then God says, now you qualify. Now I can choose you. He says, he chose us before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame, before him in love. So what time it is? Time to receive. See, the devil wants you to keep asking and asking and asking and asking, but never receive. And you can spend years asking and asking and never receive. You know what God told me? Oh, did he send you a text? Yes, he did. He said, uh, you can receive, starting today, you can start receiving everything I have for you right now, and it'll take you a 1,000 years to receive 10% of what I have for you. So when I heard that, I said, okay, I'm going to stop asking you, and I'm going to stop receiving. He says, yes, because I've given you so much In my son, that it will take you a thousand years to receive 10% of it. That's when I decided not to waste one more day asking him for anything. I will receive everything you gave me in Christ. So you can keep asking if you want. It's already mine, it's already yours. See, You need to know the times and the seasons before Christ. Yes, everybody was waiting for the king to come and God to show mercy. Yeah. But that already happened. When Jesus came and died on the cross, he says, it's finished. Everything that is mine is yours right now. Stand to your feet. Uh, time flies, huh? Well I always said I always say said it and I'll continue to say it. Faith is a personal decision that we all make. I cannot believe for you just like I cannot breathe for you. Faith and breathing have the same value. One in the physical world, breathing in the physical world is the most important thing you can do. I mean, you can stop eating for a day and nothing happens to you. But if you stop breathing for five minutes, you're dead, right? So breathing is very important for us in the physical life. I can go without eating for days. I can go without a shower for days. Some of you do. It's okay. You can go without sleeping for, what is it, 14 days? But you cannot go for five minutes without breathing, right? Watch this. Is it hard to breathe? it's the easiest thing to do. You even breathe when you're asleep. You can't eat when you're asleep. Well, I have to be careful now and some of you guys. In other words, the most important thing it's the easiest thing to do. Watch. Just breathe. Faith is as breathing in the spiritual Sight. It's so easy to believe that we make it complicated. <laughs> this is how you breathe. <laughs> if you breathe like this, you you pass out. Did you know that? Because you lock the on- you you're not fully breathing. <laughs> you know, other people say, "I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe." You don't believe. You're making it too complicated. Faith and breathing are the same. You breathe in and you breathe out. I cannot breathe for you. I cannot believe for you. And a lot of people are putting their faith on people. Pray for me, pastor. Pray for me. I will pray for you. But if you don't believe, nothing happens. And I think this is the part that people have missed in church. It's so personal that if you dare to believe, who am I to tell you, Oh, God's not going to do that for you. Who am I? Who? The enemy will use my voice to tell you, well, let's not believe too much. Are you crazy? I can show you with the Bible. It says that now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even imagine. Now, who's holding it? You! It's you! <laughs> imagine you <laughs> you're the problem <laughs> i know i knew it so what time is it it's time to receive you know i, I look at people at church and out of church and they're like they're trying to receive something and god is like i already did that for you oh if god can just heal me god is like i i already did oh if god can just bless me i already did if God can just make a way for me, I already did. Could it be that you have too much unbelief? Who told you that? I don't know who told you that, but it's time for you to reprogram your way of thinking. He's not going to die on the cross anymore. See, when we, the reason I emphasize the cross a lot, it's because people look at the cross, and then they move on. Okay, I got the cross. How am I going to do this? Excuse me? Everything you need was given to you at the cross. Everything. No cross, no salvation. No cross, no healing. No cross, no forgiveness. No cross, no heaven. For all you heaven freaks out there, no cross, no heaven. See, we have moved away from the cross and trying to get everything apart from the cross. And God says, no, you don't understand. I blessed you in him. When he was crucified, you were crucified. When he went to the tomb, you went to the tomb. When he rose from the dead, you also came up with him. What time is it, girls back there, that you guys are waving at me? What time is it? We need to switch our thinking. Imagine if you, this is true for me and it's true for you. You can start receiving right now everything that God has for you. It will take you a 1,000 years to receive 10%. No. Oh, yes, because he is worth more than what you think. Jesus is worth more than what you're thinking. And when you have him, you have everything. Raise your hands. Say, Father God, thank you for giving everything. I'm sorry for begging you, for asking you, not knowing that you already gave me everything. Not knowing that in Christ all things are mine. I am forgiven. I am restored. I am blessed. I am healed. I am who you say that I am. I receive everything you have for me, starting Right now, I receive everything that Jesus purchased for me at the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. What time is it, guys? All right, go go receive it.